Welcome to Pivot, where we talk with leading event promoters, brand marketers, destinations, and fun development experts on how their work has changed and continues to change as a result of the pandemic. We will explore creative ways these industries have adjusted to these unpredictable times. You'll have an inside look at how organizations and large-scale events are strategically changing to meet today's new normal. It's a look back as well as a look to the future and the dynamic days ahead. Please welcome host Tavi Fulkerson, founder of the Fulkerson Group, a sponsorship and marketing agency based in Detroit, Michigan. I'm happy to welcome Kat Pei, who's the executive director of the National Cherry Festival. Hi, Kat. Hi there. I'm so excited to have this opportunity to talk to you about the festival. It's coming up in July, isn't it? July 3rd? It is July 3rd through the 10th. We are celebrating our 95th annual National Cherry Festival here in beautiful Traverse City. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you know, I did some research about the Cherry Festival, and I just couldn't, I couldn't believe the history uh, going all the way back to, I believe, 1910. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Certainly. Well, back in the early 1910-1920s, the first official Blessing of the Blossoms under our current umbrella was 1926, but some people believe it's actually 1925. So there's huge debate on that. However, being that we're already 95 years in, we're anticipating celebrating our 100th anniversary here in 2026 coming up. So we celebrate 1926 is our first year, and it's a rich history of Blessing of the Blossoms out on Old Mission Peninsula is where it all began. And now the Grand Traverse area region produces over 70% of the nation's tart cherries, the Mount Morency. It is our bright red ruby morsel of fruit that we so love and is used in lots of baking and lots of products, cherry juice, cherry pies, and so on. And the blessing of the blossoms is still something that happens here today. It happens in about May when, of course, the blossoms start to bloom. And we also go out and bless the blossoms to, of course, have a healthy cherry crop. So the Blessing of the Blossoms started in 1910, and then the festival began in, in 25. So you, you've got to get ready for this 100th year anniversary pretty soon. That's, going to be, that's just going to be really an unbelievable experience. Is everything, Cat for sale have cherries in it? Oh, just about. We have an entire farm market, a cherry farm market in our open space park that is full of every kind of cherry product you can imagine, down to cherry beef jerky. Uh, all the way to cherry topping, cherry vinegar, cherry wine, cherry cheese, uh, cherry pie, you name it, it's cherries. It is in our open space park. And then, of course, we have our souvenir tent that you can get anything and everything with cherries on it, from cherry luggage to cherry jewelry to, of course, your logo t-shirt that says National Cherry Festival. That's just, that's what's so great about it. I mean, it's so spirited and so fun. And I understand you have a minimum of 35,000 volunteer hours and 10,000 staff hours each year to pull this off. Oh, no wonder I need a nap. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Yes, we have 2,400 incredible volunteers who give those kinds of hours annually. They are amazing people. We call ourselves Volunteer City USA and we are not lying. We have an incredible community here who surrounds us and we love them about as much as they love us. And it's an honor to be home and have our, you know, headquartered here in Traverse City. I know you were named executive director in 2016 and prior to that you were the operations director. So you've seen a lot of cherry festivals. Is there any one of them that st- sticks out in your mind? There are so many. So before I even worked as a staff member, this is my 31st National Cherry Festival this year. So I started volunteering when I was eight. 
And I used to pin the numbers on racers for the wheelchair mile. And that is one of my favorite events. We don't have it anymore. But when we did, we broke the world record at an under three-minute um, race. So the winner raced a mile and did a 90-degree turn and came down Front Street and did it in two minutes and 56 seconds, being in the Guinness Book of World Records. So that was one of my favorites. And I was probably about 10 when that happened. But uh, I've grown up in the festival family and been an event director and been a volunteer for the 20 years prior to working on the staff. Oh, that that is a beautiful story. Very wonderful story. Well, we all know last year was rough on anyone in the major event business, right? Yes. You had to cancel the festival. Did you do something virtual in, in its place? We did. We took a... Uh, a great piece of advice from our friend Jeff Curtis out of the Portland Rose Festival. And we did a porch parade. And so uh, over 100 homes in Traverse City decorated their porches for cherries and everything cherry. And it was incredible to drive around and create your own route. We had a map on our website to go ahead and create your route and do it that way. That porch parade is alive and well this year. Uh, Again, we've brought a lot of the things we did last year back. We also did Festival in a Box where you could purchase your festival in a box, which came complete with pie eating rules, pit spit rules, ribbons for your kids' events, uh, cherry products, and more to be able to celebrate cherries in your own backyard last year. And that, again, is back (laughs) because it was such a hot selling item last year. We did it again this year and beefed it up a little bit more. And it is available on our website, cherryfestival.org. And a really cool thing about it is you can get it shipped. So if you're not from Traverse City and you still want to know all about the festival, You can order Festival in a Box and have it shipped to your home and celebrate on your own. I am definitely going to do that. I love all things cherries. I think that that's great. Now, now tell me, do you have a pit spitting contest? We traditionally would. We do not this year due to um, currently the current situation. We did not feel that spitting or anything that involves saliva would be a really (laughs) great idea. (laughs) So when we started planning... We decided that the pit spit and the pie eating contest were two that we were just going to hiatus this year and bring them back in 2022. They are staple mainstays in our open space. We do them multiple times during the week. But there are a few events that did not make the calendar this year just due to the conditions in April when we were making our decisions. And we all understand, of course. And, and, of course. and we all want to make sure everybody is safe and enjoys this terrific event. I heard that in 1926... A bakery in Traverse City baked a huge cherry pie and was presented to the president at that time, Calvin Coolidge, that it was three feet in diameter. Are they still making pies that big? The world record for the largest cherry pie is over 50,000 pounds. Currently, Canada holds the record. We're not proud of that. (laughs) However, we have talked about that for the 100th year anniversary and some other things about recreating this. So that is the giant, giant pie. We still do create with the Grand Traverse Pie Company a larger pie than your traditional nine inch or twelve or fourteen inch, but um, it is not quite as big as you just mentioned. <laughs> so <laughs> the ones that were produced for the presidents back in the day, we still do often send the president of the United States a pie. Oh, I so think- they do get a cherry pie from us. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I think you're absolutely right. You've got to set that as a goal for that 100th to win. Oh, that. yes. <laughs> for sure. we got to take home the crown here. This is bothering us tremendously. <laughs> absolutely. Now, you know, you've described a few ways you're changing the festival this year due to the pandemic. It's, it's, it's only a few things, really. So you're going to have a lot of people showing up. How many people do you think will attend? You know, I don't know. It's been a big discussion. Uh, it sounds as though I just saw the news a little bit ago that Governor Whitmer has opened the state officially as of June 22nd. 
all restrictions will be lifted. And if you haven't seen that news yet, there's your news, which is crazy great to uh, have a little less restrictions on some of our, our large events. We know that hotels are booking fast up here. You can still get hotels at Traverse City com It's our Traverse City Tourism Bureau, and they're amazing, and you can still book hotels there. But everything is filling fast. So I anticipate we'll have a very busy crowd. On a year that we would have a traditional air show and our large concert series, we welcome around 500,000 guests. That's a lot of people. That's a, and you have the Thunderbirds, I believe, right? We have in the past, yes. This year, we are not having our air show again Due to timing, in April, we had to make a tough call. So the Thunderbirds were scheduled to fly this year along in our National Cherry Festival air show. They are not. The air show has been canceled for the year, as well as our in-person parades. We had three parades. Those are not happening. And then our Bayside Music Stage, which hosts a variety of incredible acts like Cheryl Crow, Old Dominion, Cole Swindell. That stage is not happening this year. Again, we couldn't socially distance our location. So those three big events are not occurring, but pretty much everything else is, and our full lineup and schedule is available at cherryfestival.org. Well, it still sounds like it's going to be a spectacular event. We just came through working on the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix, and they had to make some modifications also. The amount of people that showed up and the race and the excitement and the just the energy everybody felt to be back out and about doing something was really great. I'm sure you will have a similar, similar experience and, and beautiful weather too. Would you have any advice for your colleagues in the event community about what you have gone through given the pandemic and all the changes you've had to make? One of the biggest things that we did early on, and I, I highly recommend this, is kind of the emotional and mental wellness of our staff and our volunteers, just making sure that they all had someone to talk to because we have, we joke about the word pivot and how now we call it piloting. We are piloting new programs. And as I said, like the porch parade and the festival in a box were so great. They stuck and they're continuing to happen this year, even though we're coming back into person events. So I think uh, our staff, our volunteers just, making sure they know what's going on and know their changes and are just doing okay. Because this has been a lot, a lot of change, a lot of, I call it whiplash. (laughs) Are we? Aren't we? (laughs) We're going, we're not going. What are we doing? Can we do it in this park? Oh, not enough space. Go over there. And I have seen some tremendous growth out of people being like, okay, some people that were never um, individuals that wanted change. This has given us opportunity to say, well, the words do it the same as you did it last year are not a thing anymore. Those are out the window. Now it's, okay, how can we do this and how can we make it a great experience for our guests? And I think we're all in that mind frame now of we're back, we're doing something. How do we do it? And how do we do it to the caliber we've always done it just different? Yes, it sounds like you have all, you and your staff learned a lot about resilience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, yes. We've also learned a lot about cherry margaritas. So either way. (laughs) Well, that doesn't surprise me. I I haven't had one of those. That sounds really yummy. I've got to try one of those. Um, I know. Come on up. They're served in our beer tent. (laughs) I loved how you talked about pivot to piloting because the name of this podcast is Pivot. So maybe in a year or so when we we get behind uh, this pandemic, you know, and fully are back to our new normal, we'll call it piloting. I don't know. I I know. It's a, we joke about Ross from friends with the couch that he carries upstairs and he yells pivot pivot and we 
you're like pilot, pilot. What an what an impressive event you've had for for so many years. When you look forward, I know you're going to have your hundredth anniversary, but are there any new events that you're contemplating adding to the festival? Ooh, I don't know. You know, I think a lot of it is going to depend on this year and some of the stuff that we've done this year and whether or not we can continue. One of the biggest things we have learned is that we don't have to have all our events in one one place. So it may not be in one city park, but we're in multiple city parks this year and we have a shuttle service that kind of goes around in Bayline that can take you to various events and various locations. And so we're really trying to meet people where they're at. And I think some of those changes may continue on into the future. And we may expand a little instead of being just in one area of Traverse City, we may learn to look at things in different ways and say, hmm, this worked really well in this park. We might just stay over here. And that may allow some, you know, better parking and a better guest experience to do. So with these, you know, piloting and all these changes we've made in these opportunities, I think we're going to see some new stuff come out of it in the coming years where you're not going to see us maybe go back to the way things always were. I think we're going to continue to change and evolve because that's what we need to do. And I think you're going to have a far better guest experience because of it. And I think that's a great way to end our interview because... What you've shared with us is is excellent advice, whether you have a small event or a large event, um, that you, you really do need to pilot to look for various things you can do that are different. And I do think the event business will be probably changed forever, but in, in many ways in a good way, don't you think? I would agree. I think we've all, you know, I think at the beginning it was really rough for us all to think outside the box more than we already do. I mean, that's kind of our genre already is to to create new things. And we love that. But we were forced to, in a lot of ways here, to kind of really reinvent some things we do. And I think we've all found opportunity in it and said, well, this is actually working. And, and oh, we can do this. And we've learned to be far more flexible and more like willow trees than I think we ever thought possible. Most of us are pretty flexible humans. And now it has just evolved into something more because we had to. And I think that forcing us to have to created some really incredible things. Well, Kat, I wish you all the best with the Cherry Festival, and I hope to be up there and we can share one of those wonderful cherry margaritas one of these days. Um, Kat Pei is the executive director of the National Cherry Festival coming up beginning on July 3rd. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Of course, thank you. Thank you for listening to Pivot with a new interview posted on the second and fourth Tuesday of each month. To listen to new episodes, or if you'd like to be a guest on this program, visit www.fulkersongroup.com for more information. Until next time, don't forget to renew, reinvent, and energize.